Welcome to Talking Toonies, where average people talk about average money concepts with the hopes of creating a not-so-average financial future for you, the listener. Let's get started. Hey, Bryce. Hi, Nick. On our last episode, me and you, we both spoke about how people should get started when figuring out their money. Tracking their money was kind of what we arrived as the first step. Checking how much those large amounts like mortgages, the direct payments, if you will, and then tracking the day-to-day spendings, the groceries, the entertainment, those sort of things. We spoke about it being the old school pen on paper and reviewing your debits, your MasterCards, those sort of things to see what you spent. Today, we're taking it one step further. The next step up our ladder of figuring out our money is budgeting our money. What's the lesson for today? Well, basically, we're going to say, how do we budget? Why do we budget? And really, should we even budget when it's all said and done? Um, Bryce, what does budgeting mean to you? If, if you were to kind of explain budgeting to the listener, what, what would budgeting mean? You know, it, it comes down to this. It comes down to living within your means. Mm-hmm. So that's having more money coming in and staying in than money going out. Right. Yeah, it's sort of that that categories, right? How much are you going to spend on or how much do you spend and how much do you budget on spending on housing, transportation, food, entertainment, paying your debts, gifts, clothes, you know, savings. There's lots of areas, lots of categories, but budgeting really comes down to how much are you how much are you spending in those areas, doesn't it? Absolutely. And you want to be conscious of that. Yeah, and and we're by the end of this, we're gonna we we believe that there's a special line in budgeting that people should do before anything else. But we'll we'll kind of work up to that, won't we? By the by the end of our our small podcast here, we'll get there by the end. Yeah, and you know what? It reminds me, and I know I try for the listeners to kind of offer a book or something like that to kind of add to their education. And I'm reminded, and I don't know if you've read this. I'm pro- probably you have, but the richest man in Babylon. Have you read that? I've read that one. Yeah. And the whole thing, it's book is from 1926, right? Stands the test of time. Um, Richest man in the city. He shares financial principles of spending and saving with a young man who wants to be wealthy. And his second principle is to budget your money. Uh, And so one of the great lines, it's something along lines of the purpose of a budget is to help thy purse fatten. So even understanding there that without knowing where your money goes and sticking to it, it's going to be really hard to acquire some wealth, to acquire a good amount of savings. So, Nick, is there an absolute method when budgeting that somebody should follow? Uh, no, not really. You know, people call it personal finance because it is very personal. Everyone's financial situation is different. You could live in a different place, earn a different amount of money, have different dependents. There's so much to go on that there's not one thing, not one specific set of rules that's going to jive with everyone. In saying that, financial experts do talk about percentages of your net pay. And net pay is basically what you take home. All the things that come out, boom, the amount that goes into your bank, that's your net pay. So these financial experts do have percentages that should go towards certain areas. Nick, let me ask you a question. I have a house. How much should I be spending on housing? Right. Yeah. Okay. So again, everyone's situation is different. 
But what experts do want you to sort of follow is 40% of your net income or less on housing. And when I say housing, I don't just mean just your rent or just your mortgage. My areas would be mortgage, property taxes, insurance on that house, energy, hydro, if you will, water, and even the internet. So that would be 40% of you or you and your partners take home pay. So, so that 40% is really the grand total. Everything that keeps a comfortable roof over your head. And that's going to be different. If you're living in a large city, if you're living in downtown Toronto, own a condo or whatnot, I have a feeling that might be a little bit higher even. If you're living in a small town, Manitoba, maybe that is that mortgage you have is very small. So this could be different. Hence the whole guidelines, but not something that's specific to every single person. Do I have to spend 40%? No, and that's such a good point is I hope someone listening to this doesn't go, oh, I only spend 30. I'm going to go <laughs> jack up my more. I'm going to go buy a bigger house and whatever. No, 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 no. This is where we're going to get to one of the lines of saving. And hopefully some of these areas people don't top out at. And we can really juice up the saving line that is part of a budget as well. Good point, though. Absolutely. I know also in that same vein of thought, you know, we have the 40% of your net income for housing. What about car and transportation costs? So the experts, again, would say no more than 20% of your take-home pay. That is also the car payment, the insurance, the gasoline, and the maintenance on the vehicle. What about another an earlier area of life here? Essentials and entertainment, like, you know, the yeah. clothes, the gifts, going yeah. out, you know, maybe you're hitting the movies, maybe you're yeah. planning a trip, whatever it might be. Yeah. What do people be spending on that? So the experts say 30% of your take-home pay should be on your food bills, your going out, and like you said, clothing, gifts, and planning those future trips. Might be tough. You know, you could have four kids at home. You could be in certain different situations that that number might be higher. That's okay. But again, we're just kind of putting our minds around where the experts say is an is a, a kind of a safe spot to be because if we're doing the math here, 40 and 20 and 30 is 90, then the experts say, where should that 10% go? To your savings, to the future you. Savings as in maybe if something happens that's unexpected, ideally you build that up, then you're building your savings for the future, savings for your kids' education and whatnot. So 10% of your take-home pay should go towards saving for the future. The thing is, though, I know even for us in education, our pay varies every month. Every month there's another, you know, less fees come out, maybe more pension more tax, yada, yada, yada. So that might be hard to budget if people's pay kind of ranges. And I know that counts a lot for people that work overtime, people in sales, you know, that commission kind of based job. So what, what do you think about that, Bryce? Like what should people do that are in that scenario where their money does change month to month? Well, you know, if your money does change month to month, I would definitely say start budgeting on what your lowest known amount is. Because that yeah. way you know you're, you're safe with it. Yeah, that's, that would be ideal, right? If you can budget around that, that lowest sort of month, 
you're going to be doing really, really well. Might be hard though, right? And if it is hard, totally. maybe there's that account where when the going's good, you are moving a few dollars into this account where that account is going to basically be your wage for if things don't go as well. I, I'm thinking real estate right now. Real estate is on fire. This is what, May of 2021. Big money being made, I'm sure, if you're selling a house. However, that party will come to an end at some point, ebb and flow style, and you want it still to be decent. So if you had that account where you can take a little bit out, then your budget might not change, right? You know you still can afford your mortgage even on a bad month. You can still afford your lifestyle through entertainment or whatever you're into because you've prepared for the not so good times, right? Right, you save for a rainy day. Save for a rainy day. Yeah, I love that. So, you know, people are making money, they're tracking money, they're starting to budget, they know where their money is going in all these categories, but they need to really make some decisions, don't they, Bryce, about where their money goes? Well, they do. Yeah, absolutely. And the way you do that is with a budget analysis. And, you know, it comes down to identifying those small items, those small leaks in your bucket that are really draining it and taking away from you having some extra money at the end that you can save. So it's kind of where can you slim down? One area, it's, it's an obvious one. People enjoy them. They're great, but not always the people get the benefit from them. It's subscriptions. You know, you yeah. have you have all your streaming services. Uh, you know, it's easy. You sign up. You kind of forget about it. Away you go, right? $20 <laughs> yeah. comes out of the account every now and then. And, yeah. you know, you forget about it. It's easy to. But those really add up over time. So yeah. that's one area. Another area a lot of people take it for granted is the latte factor. You go mm-hmm. out. You get a cup of coffee. Now, if you love your coffee, and I'm talking it's, it's a wonderful thing, and maybe you – that's an event that you do with your partner and you do do it a lot. Would you tell that person, no, throw it out, no way, stop immediately? No. And you know what? Honestly, I am one of those people. Yep. And quite frankly, here, here's what it comes down to. I, I feel that for the comfort of my life that I want to drink coffee that I can taste. Yep. You know, not to knock somebody else's coffee, but I want some good coffee when I drink it. So I'm yep. going to prioritize that in my entertainment section of my budget so that I'm able to get some coffee that I enjoy. Yeah, for sure. Don't, you know, life is short. Don't absolutely rip something out of your life because you want to save 40, 50 bucks. Small things do add up. And I, I'm a, I'm a believer too money wise that it's, it's not necessarily the math of those things. You know, if you're cutting out one coffee a week and it's four bucks, it's not going to set you free in retirement. However, it's also that mindset. It's kind of like that training where you're going, okay, I don't really need that. Then what's something else you don't need? And is it bringing you that joy? Oh, not so much. Okay. Now though, those are the small things. What about the big decisions in life? These are the things I believe that hit people the hardest. Totally. And you know what? An obvious one here, it's, it's houses. Yeah. People have to be aware of things when they buy the house, like interest rates, you know, Yep. interest rates can really get you in the deal. And there's a lot of hidden fees when it comes to buying a house too, that you don't think of it, you know, yep. necessarily up front too. And so being aware of those hidden costs make a big difference. It's buying the amount of house that you actually need, not necessarily that you want, but yep. what you need. Trips are another one. Can you save money? Can you get a discount flight? Car payment, buying the vehicle yep. that 
not necessarily what you wanted, but it yep. does get you from A to B. Yeah. Um, and there's also like everybody has a toy. Yeah. Bigger boys, bigger toys, as they say. And so yeah, everybody's got one. Determining what that is and how to appropriately, you know, foster or have that hobby or toy or whatever it is. Sure. Uh, that's important too. Yeah. And if again, if that boat is sitting on your driveway and it's not being used that much, but you're still paying for it. Mm-hmm. Um life is hard and decisions are hard and maybe those those do come in like what you said about the interest rates on mortgage basically that's the interest you're paying the bank to say hey bryce sure i can give you this money for the house however you pay a lot of interest after it's all said and done so if again if it feels like another hundred bucks a month oh you and your partner can afford fifty dollars sure you can and if you love it and that's your thing go for it however those add up, right? And mm-hmm. keep in mind the parameters we talked about, 40% tops, 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 like that's utter tops of your t- of your take home pay. But you know, um, we all justify everything, don't we? I know I, I myself, I justify, you probably justify things. That's what we do as humans. We justify our decisions. So we might say, I deserve that new car because I haven't had one in a while. We deserve this trip because we haven't gone on one. I got a promotion. I deserve to go shopping and whatnot, which which is all very true, isn't it? Like you, we're supposed to live life and enjoy it. That makes sense. But once we justify every area of our budget, you know, the entertainment goes up, the transportation goes up, the house goes up. Then we're 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 put ourselves in a really tough spot financially where we're still not getting ahead, even though we know we should. We've added too many of those decisions where we've just said, yeah, I deserve it without really that delayed gratification. One day you might be able to do it all, but you got to have the money to do it, right? Absolutely. So Nick, what do you, what do you call something like that? Uh, well, I like to call it lifestyle creep, lifestyle creep. Um, things get going, you make more money than things financially change in your life. I mentioned money through three things money brings you three things i think it improves your lifestyle it gives you comfort which basically means you have money in the bank or you're helping a child or something like that you find comfort in having it and number three it gives you time time as in you can quit your job one day not needing the income from your job or you can reduce your hours work part-time um, and also time as in you can spend your time wisely with friends and family. That's going places with them. So three, three areas. So you end up making more money. Great. No one's going to blame you for increasing your lifestyle. I don't know about you, Bryce, but I used to live in a one bedroom basement apartment. I no longer live in a one bedroom basement apartment. So my lifestyle has increased as I've made more money. However, we have to be aware of how much it's increasing. If you made $45,000, which is great, through a promotion, maybe even a job change, a different business, commission, whatever, you're making near $100,000, wonderful. No one would blame you for increasing your lifestyle, but make sure that comfort in the money, which is your savings, is higher, and make sure you're planning for the time, which means future self might need some time doing something different. So you can't just improve one area of money. We've got to use that increase of income to improve a lot more. But it kind of comes down to one one thing. And Bryce, I know me and you love to talk about this. 
the one important line in everyone's budget. I don't care how much money you make. What should be the number one line in someone's budget? The future you build. Yeah, yeah. What is what is that? What does that look like? Well, you know, it's not waiting till the end of the month and saving what's left. It's definitely not that. It's much more of a well, really, the opposite of that. It's paying yourself first. It's getting your paycheck and it's saying, okay, this amount that's going to the future me so that I know that I can use that for, to address one of those areas they just mentioned, whether it's improving lifestyle, comfort, you know, money in the bank, whatever it might be. It's paying yourself first that you've got the money for the future you at your disposal. And we'll sort of talk about that uh, moving forward with our series with our podcast series here about that. Where does the savings go in short planning for an unexpected event and then saving as an investing, watching your money grow for the future, right? The only time I don't really encourage this is if you have a very high interest debt on something, a credit card debt, something like that. Yeah, you can have a little money for an emergency, but boy, should this be banging out that debt as much as possible, lowering that number. Absolutely. Um, We'll we'll be talking about that in the future. Yeah, for sure. So uh, do we have to budget like for the rest of our lives? Is this something that we do all the time? What do you think? Maybe. Yeah. But you know, also maybe not, it kind of depends who you are to budget until you don't have to budget anymore. That's really, you know, that's ideal. You don't want to have to spend all that time, all the time, every month sitting down with the budget, but also good habits are built that way. I know that I'm to a point, I don't have to budget anymore, but I still go through the exercise because I built the good habits and I know good things happen when I do that. It is so true. It's, it's sort of the working out example that once you've got your plan or once you know how much water you're drinking or your your meal plan, if you will, you're still doing those things, but you're not absolutely writing everything down and having to da 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 It's become a habit, right? I agree with you. And we don't mean as in, oh, you've budgeted. Now you can just blow it because you feel like you have it all under control. Yeah, we're or, not saying or, Yeah, or even if you have a bunch of money, you still need to know what categories are what and where the money goes. But you're right. Once you've built those good habits, you can sort of relax a little bit, if you will, and just know where your money goes and know that you're paying yourself first. So, Nick, how does the listener get started? The assignment, if you will, track your money. We've done that. Don't do that in a day, a week, a month. You'll form the budget. What are you spending in what area? Now live with it for a few months. Live with that budget and see how that's going. Then it's decision time. Trim if need be. Get rid of something small, maybe something big. Big decisions. If you're spending more than you make, something needs to change. If you've tracked and budgeted and know that you do spend more than you make and you're putting that difference on a credit card or on a line of credit or something, something's got to change. Even if you have a big payday. And, and, and it's not spend more money. Just No. And you know, some people would say, well, I have a big payday coming up. Maybe they even have an inheritance or some sort of windfall. I would still argue it doesn't matter because if you're not managing it now, you won't be able to manage in the future. One of the quotes you hear is if you can't manage a hundred dollars, you can't manage a million dollars. And it's so true. Track, live with your budget, trim if need be, trim for fun. Even if there's something small that you can kind of trim and see how you can live. Wonderful. And then add a savings account to your banking, change that nickname to the future self or whatever, and automatically set it up automatically, 
that right in the first of the month after you're paid or whatever your pay schedule is, $25 goes into that, $100 goes into that, $1,000 goes into that, whatever you're at financially, boom. It's called reverse budgeting. That's the term they use. And it has been proven to be the number one way to get ahead financially. I like it. I like <clears throat> yeah, we're, and it's, it's kind of that moving up the ladder. You track, you budget, and then you save and you continuously move up. Like we always say, though, one step at a time, nothing outrageous, small steps. You kind of mentioned it. It doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to knock this out the whole way. But if you're getting better and understanding a little bit more, success. Little steps are success. Definitely. Even if you just take one thing from this podcast today and implement it, you're, you're that 1% better than what you were before you listened. Yeah, well, thanks again, Bryce. I appreciate it. Please subscribe if you're listening, rate it five stars, and tune in next time. We will continue to take real steps to improve your finances. If you have a topic area you want covered or a question maybe you simply want answered, you can reach us at TalkingTunies at gmail.com. Until next time, Bryce. Thanks, Nick. Talking Toonies is for educational purposes only. Thank you for tuning in.